Hi, Libby. Hey, Boo. Hi, I'm Neil. I'm Libby. Hey. Um, <laughs> flying the friendly skies. So Ta-ra. fun. Not always. Not well. Not now that we lost Continental. Well, can we have? That's our moment. This that's episode. our moment. We still love Gordon Bethune. Oh though. my God! And thank God he still lives in Houston. I love with the his way pretty he ran girlfriend, that company, Jessica Rossman, who just won a great little she honor did. here. Did best but dressed. I just have to say, Gordon moment. Say it. Um, I was reading an article about the way he like ran Continental, which you know we didn't know what we had. That happens sometimes. Oh, it's maybe the biggest. Don't know what you've got till it's gone. Right. Um, there was an article about him, kind of the way he ran his company, and he said, you know, if my guys have to be there on Christmas Day, so do I. And he was there making the rounds every holiday. Because, I mean, that's just the sweetest thing ever. And I think it trickles down from the top, and it obviously showed. But now we fly the friendly skies with other Houston hub companies. Well, yes, and sometimes they're not so friendly. Oh, I, uh... <laughs> We have some stories. We have some stories. I'm and we telling said you the first we were one. going to <laughs> call the snakes on a plane. Snakes or drunks on a plane, <laughs> which I'll start with that. That's a little more appropriate. I, I left, um, I can't remember if it was LaGuardia, JFK, or Newark, but I was flying somewhere out west, and I we stopped, I think, in Dallas. Well, that was a planned stop. So I'm boarded. And and how many flight miles do you have by this? I well, mean, like three million on American <laughs> and about... Two million on United. So you've been up in the air a bit. I, I think that's what's wrong with yeah. me. <laughs> you can't get back down, baby. I think I was oxygen deprived at some point that. for far too long. Yeah. Yeah, the jet lag will take its toll. Um, but I remember this woman stumbling on board, and um, and I am spoiled, and I, I will certainly admit it. I have not flown in the back of an airplane in. Many, <laughs> many years and won't, by the way. Um, so, uh, which she if, you, if you're going to do that once, you should do it every time because you can't, you can't go back to the back after being up in the front. Especially, no. I mean, we have a three hour rule. Like if we're going uh, three more than, hours yeah. under, you can yeah, do you the thing. Yeah, you can do it. I'll but do Southwest over three all hours. day long. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need a cocktail before we take Look, off. Look, I'm still. Even though I only fly first or business first, mm-hmm. I'm still bitter I'm not private. I know. <laughs> because, see, I've had enough of that to be a bitter bitch. That's something you really don't want to do. and sitting in first class. Because uh-huh. I'm like, well, I still have to look at all y'all <laughs> and put up with all this bullshit. Okay, now Neil's going to so put on his humble flying hat. Flying before 9-11 was a whole different thing than right. it is now, as we all know. So this is pre-9-11. Uh, yes, this, this incident was, um, this woman stumbles, I'm in to Keyword B stumbles. or whatever and she stumbles on board and she's sitting across she's in 1B and so I'm catty corner from her and she stumbles on board and she makes eye contact with me and gives me some stupid look and she sits down and we take off and flight uh, in-flight crew comes around taking drink orders and everything and I was like I'm going to listen to see what this drunk ass is going to order <laughs> So, you know, she had like Jack Daniels on the rocks or something. I was say she had Crown like 12. Oh. So at some point in the flight, she got bored and <laughs> kept turning around and looking at me. And I have Vanity Fair. I'm reading Vanity Fair, bitch. <laughs> and she goes, Oh my God. What kind of faggot is going to sit there and read Vanity Fair? Oh, You're reading boy. Vanity Fair. Oh my God. Only a faggot would read Vanity Fair. And I was like, 
<laughs> In the words of Nene Lake, don't start none, won't, won't be, be none. none. Well, she started some, she and there was some. But <laughs> so we get, you know, at at some point, we are on approach to Dallas. I'm going. I can't remember where I was going, but I I was not getting off in Dallas. So I called the flight attendant over and I said, "Excuse me, do you have one of those schedules? You know, flight books where has all the yes, of course." Um. So she goes and gets it, and she comes back, and I said, oh, no, no, it's not for me. It's for her. <laughs> and she said, I'm sorry. I said, no, no, she's get she's getting off in Dallas. And she goes, my destiny. I said, I, okay, give her that book, because that bitch is getting off this plane in Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And I, I have where sat here and listen, have been insulted and offended. All I'm going to... I know I've flown enough to know I know the FCC. You guys let an intoxicated person board this plane and she has done nothing but harass me for the last hour. She's getting off. And she's like, I'm not getting. And I'm like, do not speak another word to me. So the flight attendant goes up to the flight deck and comes back. And as I can see her in the galley and she gives me a nod and the two thumbs up. I'm like, got it. (laughs) So we're taxiing in the captain comes on and says ladies and gentlemen we have a little special request if you guys could just give us a second when we uh turn off seatbelt sign we have uh one quick little matter of business we need to attend to and then we'll we'll uh let you guys the ones of you that are terminating your travel here in dallas and two policemen came on that plane and walked right up to her and said get up and come with us. And she was like, you can imagine, belligerent oh, yeah. and everything. And she started calling me every name oh, in the book, and no. I just sat there waving. <laughs> Bye. Bye, B. Bye, B. Ott. It's the real. The minute she was no longer visible on the aircraft, uh-huh. the entire cabin <laughs> broke into applause, and every single one of my fellow cabin passengers apologized to me and said, I'm. We are so sorry. How horrifying! That is terrible. We were really embarrassed, and the only reason we did not jump on her, yeah, is because she was so drunk that we, you know, this plane could have ended up flying upside down. Right. <laughs> but you know, some scary stuff too. Christy Brinkley and I had uh, we did a. I organized for the USO uh, a Ford supermodel tour, okay. and we went all over the world to Fun. all of our military, and the girls, you know, wore a sexy little costume and signed autographs and the boys and some of the girls in the, <laughs> around the world were digging that. it and christy brinkley you know she was in an air, a helicopter crash and she has super major issues of flying oh and she's boy was terrified, that in manhattan which, hmm? was the helicopter crash in manhattan? it was in colorado oh dear and uh it crashed on top of a mountain that's scary and, mm-hmm. So we went to Bosnia and somewhere else and somewhere else. And so we went on the Concorde. We went to London and then private from there on a U.S. And the Concorde was what, three hours or three hours? Yeah, three hours, about three hours and 10 minutes. So we did this whole tour and, you know, major security everywhere we went because, you know, we're in some seriously intense places. Right. And total confidence. I mean, our beautiful men and women in uniform had us, baby. We did totally. not break a sweat. Those guys Love and that. gals were aw 
some. That is so cool. That, and they were locked and loaded. Trust. I saw it and I was like, whew. <laughs> Ain't nobody messing with us. <laughs> and if they do, they're going to get a double tap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're flying back to New York. This whole trip had just been so awesome. And we went to refugee camps and all kinds of stuff. That wasn't awesome. That was heartbreaking. But we got, we covered a lot of ground. And so we're coming back into JFK and gear, landing gear is down. Concord, Concord, we're coming in hot. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. And all I think of a sudden, that's the only the way the captain, Concord went. That's true. <laughs> the, the captain literally popped the nose of the jet straight up in the air. Oh. And Christy grabs me, and her fingernails are literally going into my flesh. Oh, boy. And, and I said, I'm sure we are just avoiding something happening on the ground. Yeah. So Captain came on, and he said, gosh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry. We were avoiding um, a situation of another aircraft taking off. And I looked at her, I said, I told you. Yeah. So I get home, and my phone rings, and it's Christy, and she's like, have you seen the news? And I'm like, no. And she goes, well, our flight was on the news. And I'm like, it was. She said, yes. And so I flipped it on, and it said, uh, uh, British Airways Concord avoids, narrowly avoids a mid-air collision at JFK. Oh, my and God. And there was an American Mid-air? Airlines jet that had taken off and was coming up under us. Oh. And we were coming across it on top, and that's why, thank God, the Concord flight deck crew Neil, that is scary. Oh, it was very well. I wasn't that scared when it was happening, but then when I saw it on the news, I was like, "We that could have been (laughs) real bad, real bad." But um, that is so scary. I can't believe it's on the news. I bet she was freaked. She was. She was really freaked out, and and was so for a while after. Yeah, when you're scared of flying because of an incident, I mean, it's scary to think about. I think all the time because you're literally in a machine that weighs tons. And right. tons of pa- like in the, if you think about it, I mean, I can get kind of scared all the time flying. Lauren's a pilot herself, so it's really I love her theory on. She's like, this plane can handle anything. It's designed. It's tested. Trust. And I'm like, trust. Well, I'm just gonna drink my vodka and you trust for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I almost took flying lessons. I bought oh, that's them. That's right. You told me that at a charity auction, and the Saturday morning I was supposed <laughs> to start my flying lessons. Um, JFK Jr.'s plane was missing. So I called the flight school and I said, um, I will not be coming to East Hampton Airport this morning for my flying lesson because this is God telling mm-hmm. me something. This is not. And they're be like, my Yeah, our, all of our students have canceled. And yeah. I said, Well, I won't be ever learning to fly. But I have a lot of respect because it's, I've been in some very scary, I've seen Elmo's fire once flying to <gasps> Africa. Right. Describe that, that because I didn't even know what it was when you. It's um, it's where energy builds up around the nose of the aircraft uh-huh. and explodes and catches fire. Like and the fl- the mid flame air. Oh yeah, and it, the 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 fire. It's a fireball that goes from the nose of the plane all the way down the entire fuselage. Let's put that under categorized under things you don't want to see. It scared me for a second, but then I immediately knew what it was because fireball. It makes a huge explosion and the plane moves down and, you Mm -hmm. know, we went 
tilting and Mm-mm. dropped probably 10,000 feet in a couple of seconds. And Mm-mm. I saw the flames come by. And I, then I knew. I'm like, that was St. Elmo's fire. And the captain came on and said, that was St. Elmo's fire. Um, we Not only had about 16 movie. hours left to go on that oh, flight. Oh, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, crazy. Um, but people screamed and did the thing that you would expect them to yeah. do. But, um, you know, I've been in, I have seen so much and I'm not afraid to fly. It doesn't scare me. It never has. Um, but I did tell my mother once, you know what, if, if, if any, I always tell my family, my flight number and my seat number, just yeah. in case anybody <laughs> seat ever numbers are important. needed to. Very, very important. Very, and I didn't very. realize that till I guess the 9-11 situations happened. But Right. Um, um, I was so flying yeah. to when I lived in Venice for a minute and one of the, my roommates was getting married and I was about 23 and I had a friend, Sydney, who worked for Continental. She was a flight attendant and then we were having some drinks on Wednesday and I was like, my friend Anna Maria is getting married in Venice and I want to go. And she was like, well, let's go. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm 23 <laughs> and I make $30,000 a year. And she's like, I have buddy pass. Like, let's go. And I was like, oh, buddy pass is great. So we decided to go. So Friday we're on the plane. And she sits up front because that's how they take care. They peep. <laughs> I was not so much up front. I was like in 42G-ish. So I'm in the middle of the middle of the mi- middle. So I'm in the middle of the middle middle. In the middle galley. So there's a galley behind us. And she comes back to check on me. And meanwhile, I'm sitting in between two very funny characters. One was a professor at Brown. And he was reading a very Brown professor-like book. And then I was sitting next to a gal in a tracksuit from Pasadena, <laughs> and she was reading Daniel Steele novels. So I was like, "Oh, this gonna be fun." So I talked to Mr. Brown, professor, for a little while, and talked to Miss Daniel Steele for a little while, and had some wine and you know, a little dinner. And Sydney comes back to check on me, and she's like, "Um, here's an Ambien. Just no. I'll see you in Paris." And I was like, "Okay, great," because we were connecting. For Paris. And I was like, great. And I probably had like three splits of some vino. So I take my Ambien and I cuddle up in the middle of the middle of the middle of the middle of the middle. <laughs> get as comfortable as I can. And the next thing I know, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so comfortable. My legs are spread out. I'm like, but it sure is chilly. <laughs> and I look down and I'm on the rubber floor no. in between mm-hmm. the bathrooms in the middle of, oh yeah. Somehow. You're in the galley? I'm in the galley pass out a gallery golly. <laughs> and I look up and there's this French I don't think I was out for very long but I was out and um this French woman sitting in the front row the front row was S- saying mon dieu <laughs> she was like mon dieu can oui oui you fell down I was like oh thanks so much um go back to eating your croissant or whatever you're doing because she wasn't that concerned to she which she to- said yeah. <laughs> and the whole plane's dark I mean I think she was the only person awake and so Flight attendants come rushing, and they're like, "What did you take?" And I was like, "I, I don't know. I just had some drinks and took an ambient." They were like, "Oh Lord, okay, fine." So they put me like against a wall and gave me some water, and I don't, I didn't sleep for the rest of the flight because I was a little nervous I'd end up face down again right in the middle of the galley. But that wasn't so fun. I haven't taken no. ambient since. No, no, no. But I don't think I like no. was what's worse. Or anything. There is one scenario that's worse, and that is when you take your ambient <laughs> and you go night night. <laughs> And you wake up three hours later, <laughs> and you're still on the ground. Yes, honey, we because had a there's been a mechanical, <laughs> yes. and they're like, "Don't, yeah." You we know, had a flight just canceled him to alone. Italy two years ago, and we when we deboarded at 10 p.m., our flight was supposed to leave at 6 p.m. 
thanks United for not telling us for four hours. <laughs> we walked past like three guys in first, and they were cuddled up in their cashmere blankets with really? their little headrests. Well, they were ambient out. Yeah. And so it took. I mean, we saw somebody try to wake him up. They're like, "Oh, you might just want to leave him on board." <laughs> <laughs> I brought a I brought a girl back from Australia once to New York, and um, with her mom, and I said, "Well, listen, you know." Uh, come up and say hi at some point or I'll come back and say hi because that's a long stretch and um, they did they came up for a minute and I told the flight attendant to let them I said they won't stay long um, and they came up and I was apparently asleep <laughs> and I, apparently that was identified because I had a string of drool <laughs> hanging from my mouth all the way down to the carpet the All the way down to the carpet. Life of and so when we landed in LA, I was like, "You guys didn't come up and say hi," and they're like, "Well, we actually did." It wasn't it wasn't too pretty. Wasn't your best but you know moment. what? Um, we've flown a lot. And I've never crashed. Knock on some wood, Knock Bill. On wood. Well, um, thanks to the lots of people that lots of you know you're leave it up to the professionals. Right. I trust them. Right. I trust the ground and crews Lauren and, and and Lauren Taft. <laughs> so guess what I'm always ready to do I'm ready to go up up and away I know you is though next time let's do it see ya bye